Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the new moon of Virgo meditation. In an essay called Teaching for Wisdom, the American professor of psychology, Tobin Hart, recalls a story told to him by his college professor about a school trip he took to Princeton University as a young boy. There, his class heard presentations by distinguished physicists. After one of the lectures, a young girl raised her hand and asked a panel of three scientists what they thought of ghosts. Two of them dismissed the idea, citing a lack of hard scientific evidence. But the third said that it was a fascinating question and that it was necessary to find one's own required evidence before accepting or rejecting a possibility. The wisdom of this answer really struck a chord with the young boy and led him to open his perspective to the mystery and the possibility of all things and to one's responsibility to discover it for oneself. Qualities that he would later go on to inspire in his own students. The scientist whose answer that day ignited a chain reaction of inquiry in a budding young pro uh, college professor was Robert Oppenheimer, known to the world as the father of the atomic bomb. The life and work of Oppenheimer is very much a topic of conversation these days, owing to Christopher Nolan's movie on the Manhattan Project. The work he led at Los Alamos in the early 1940s revealed to humanity a long shielded truth that is both frightening and awesome in equal measure. With it, the potential for unimaginable destruction or the path to unimagined and unimagined creation was laid before all to see. Perhaps it was time to reveal this truth. Perhaps it was premature. Perhaps it could have been carried out in a different way or not at all. Questions and controversy will haunt the achievements of Oppenheimer and his team for a long time to come, with they themselves haunted by it most of all. Alice Bailey writes that the symbology of Virgo is to shield, nurture, and finally reveal. For students of the ancient wisdom, whose exploration carries us into the inner worlds where new realities are gradually revealed, reflecting on the experiences of the early pioneers in nuclear fission can bring some helpful insights. For as these scientists look behind the veil to see what few others could see as they develop methods and mechanisms to work with the unseen. And as the consequences of their discoveries began to dawn on them, many of them attempted to have this knowledge tested in the presence of wisdom. For wisdom, according to the Tibetan, is the enlightened application of knowledge through love to the affairs of men. Take, for example, Leo Zillard, who was the first to come up with a method to achieve a nuclear chain reaction, and whose story is chronicled in the BBC podcast, The Bomb. As a Jewish physicist in Germany, Zillard was terrified of what the Nazis would do if they managed to achieve a successful chain reaction. After fleeing from Germany, he worked tirelessly and determinedly to convince scores of skeptical people 
to allow him the opportunity to test his method so that it could be in the hands of the allied powers. And when finally he got his way and his experiment was successful, he realized that such a technology in the hands of any military was an appalling prospect. He then carried out a desperate and doomed effort to prevent the development and deployment of a nuclear bomb. What we observe with Zillard is a constant movement between the faculties of the higher and lower mind, between knowledge and wisdom. We see his intuition leading him to envision illumined ideas, and we see him stepping those ideas down to practical experiments, nurturing them to manifest the form encapsulated in the vision. Then we see him interrogate this new knowledge again with his higher faculties, shining the light of wisdom on it and revealing the full extent of its potential. This back and forth dance between the higher and lower mind, so evident in Zillard, is evidenced also in the relationships between the scientists, the military, the diplomats, and politicians at the dawn of the atomic age. The same dance is also a feature of the life of aspirants working within an esoteric school, manifesting the qualities and forms of a new age. For occult workers, the great challenge of the coming age is to peer behind the veil to try and determine and understand what is hidden there, to nurture these qualities and bring them forth for the benefit of all the kingdoms of the earth. Revelation comes in many forms and on many levels. What is revealed to the mass of humanity is different to what is given to the men and women of goodwill. What the aspirant sees is less than the disciple, for the disciple much less than the initiate, and so on. We each have our responsibilities to discover our portion of the plan and our responsibilities to conceal or to reveal. And thus we need the wisdom to discern what is most appropriate in each circumstance. Within mainstream academia, the, the inquiry into wisdom has yielded some helpful ideas. John Meacham writes that the essence of wisdom is to hold the attitude that knowledge is fallible. Yet many still mistake knowledge for wisdom. As the world becomes increasingly flooded with information and be people become more knowledgeable, the distinction between knowledge and wisdom needs more emphasis. Would we be in our current predicament vis-a-vis -vis the rollout of artificial intelligence if this consciousness were held by the many? Ultimately, as Tobin Hart points out, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge wisely. For the esoteric student, these are important insights. Our work calls us to help in the evolution of consciousness. Working wisely, we must be aware that the knowledge we are acquiring may have inaccuracies. The Tibetan reminds us of this in this statement at the beginning of his books. And so we must not become too attached or fixated on practices, concepts, or ideas. Also, we must learn to bring stillness to our emotional bodies. There are times when the ideas we encounter 
so excite us that we feel the need to blurt them out. But as Elvis reminds us, wise men say only fools rush in. And so we must learn to create a gap between our ideas and our actions. For the occultist, wisdom is the bridging agent between ideas and actions, between our etheric reality and our physical experience, allowing us to live in the world and be not of the world simultaneously. Cultivating it allows us to act as an effective clearinghouse for emerging forms, shielding those whose revelation would cause regress, nurturing others to the point where they are ready to be revealed, and finally revealing those that will do the greatest good for the kingdoms of the world. In this effort, we can learn much by reflecting on the turbulent experiences of the great minds that first peered into the subatomic world. Let us now go into our meditation to strengthen the hands of the new group of world servers. <clears throat> group fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the new group of world servers. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy, towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known.
higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to a hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas. Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the new group of world servers.
Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation <clears throat> of the will to good, essential love. Throughout the planet, <clears throat> from Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, <clears throat> through the Christ, the new group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. Lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the new group of world servers. So building the thought form of solution to the, pro to the world problem.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everybody, for attending this evening's meeting and meditation. The next meeting is the Libra full moon on Thursday, the 28th of September at 6.30. Thanks again. Good night. <laughs>